Here we go in three, <clears throat> two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I'm back with Alicia, and we're talking about AT inventors, but Dr. Chrissy Powell is not an AT. She's a physical therapist, but her product is similar. She's got um, a product that athletic trainers would want, and it's also looking at the website. It's my mobile, and there's one product on the website. So it's super simple, but then it's very niche and there's not a whole lot of options. So you really have to do well with what you're doing. So Alicia <laughs> and Christy have been working with, working together, kind of, you know, working on different type of things. And so this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash MOBO. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash M-O-B-O. And we just want to hear some of the story of how, why you created the product, um, some of the issues you faced. And so I'm going to have to ask the very first question after I sure. say welcome. So Christy, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And Alicia, welcome back. Thank you very much. All right. So the very first question. Mobile is, is like I said, there's one product when you click on shop. It's just mobile. It's <laughs> blue. There's no other options or accessories. Why did you pick blue for your color? <laughs> That's actually a, a loaded question. There's a long history to that, but we didn't always just have one product. I've sort of scaled back the company just because um, for, for recent reasons and issues, but the blue actually came from right before COVID happened. We got a huge verbal order from a, like a chain, a massage chain, and they wanted them in blue and we had to order uh, over 10,000 units in order to get the, to get the contract. And so when we did that, the manufacturer that we use also has a limitation, you know, you have to, you know, have to order so much in a quantity. So we were like, well, okay, well, if our first big order is blue, we bought enough to like cover the order, the verbal order for the, for the massage place and then have some to sell. But originally it was silver, the, the, kind of the the shaft is silver and then you could accessorize you can make them different colors we can get them in any color but you have to order in such large quantities that it was difficult to sort of navigate that and so the blue sort of stuck and then we were like oh god then COVID happened so of course nobody was going into massage bars and uh, parlors and you know things where there was sports massage happening and so we uh basically were kind of stuck with the color to be honest, I like it. We made it work and we went ahead and made it kind of our brand and, and put the blue around it. But great question and um, was completely by accident. Happy accidents. Those happen. Yeah. Happy accidents. Yeah. All right. CP, start from the beginning. Give us the background because you are a physical therapist, have your own thriving clinic and practice. And then, you know, the idea comes around like we need to expand and better the product line that's out there for something that we need. So yeah. you've taken it from the concept to an actual sellable product. So give us, give us the, give us the scoop, the background story. Yeah. I'm a sports medicine, physical therapist, and I do manual therapy. So lots of hands-on, a lot of myofascial work, a lot of joint mobilizations, manipulations. So back in like 2010, I, um, you know, I was working with some collegiate and professional athletes, and I'm actually a, a small person compared to them. And I was really struggling trying to find a way for them to kind of mimic some of the tissue techniques I was using on them at home. And at that time, Trigger Point was the big um, brand that was out there, but they just had the little, the little small like 
I don't even know what kind of density. It wasn't a lacrosse ball, but lacrosse balls were out there. Foam rollers were out there. There was the trigger point calf roller and thigh roller. And that was, that was basically all that was out there. So I was like, you know, MacGyvering things in the clinic. For those of you who know what that means, right? I was taking like broomsticks and duct tape and rags and trying to create something that would create some leverage for me so people could get against a wall and use it. And so, um, you know, I was just really just trying to find something that would help my patients and then they could go home and do the basic techniques that I was teaching them and doing, you know, with my hands in the clinic. And so I basically found uh, one of my high school buddies. I knew he was sort of an engineer kind of tinkers with a bunch of stuff. I knew he had played around with some, some patent work previously. And so I just reached out to him and was like, Hey, can you help me kind of put this together and make this, you know, concept come to life? And I went through the whole, like, here's what I need it to do. Here's how big I need it to be. Here's what I needed to be able to reconfigure. And I had just gone to a CrossFit event. So I was doing a lot of the tissue work for some of the elite CrossFitters here in Austin, Texas. And everybody was carrying this big old duffel bag around and they had all their like 64 tools in it. And they'd sit down on the asphalt and, you know, bring out their lacrosse ball and their foam roller and their peanut and their golf ball and their PVC pipe. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this, (laughs) there just has to be a better way to put all of this together. And so honestly, that was the inspiration by making it modular and making it so that you, you know, it can move and change some of the pieces come off. And Jeremy, like you said, on the website, it looks like it's just one tool, but it actually, you know, it, um, it modulates and you can take the end caps off and you can change those rollers out. There's all kinds of iterations to the tool that you see now, but it started off much more complicated too. It started off as the shaft with six rollers on it. And each of the rollers had a different texture so that you could pick if you were getting into an IT band, you could pick a certain texture, or if you were getting into like your suboccipitals and into the occiput for like cervicogenic headaches, you could use a different non-aggressive texture. Um, But then, you know, once we went down that kind of rabbit hole, if you will, we were playing with all the different types of materials from plastics to the different silicones to wood to, you know, and just seeing sort of what was out there and, um, and we wanted it to be durable. I didn't want it to fall apart. Everything that was out there was either plastic or like I said, it was really trigger point at the time. And, and it was, you can only do one thing with it. Right. And so I wanted something that, you know, became multifaceted. And so, uh, so yeah, once we sat down at the drawing board, we got some engineers involved and sort of started to put, put it together. And then that's when I went down the patent route and we're like, oh my God, we need to patent this. And, and, uh, that was all she wrote. So I would say, um, once, you know, we started that process, I had to get some funding, you know, I had a, a, a whole line of things that sort of cascade, a cascade of things that sort of happened over time. And we would run into some roadblocks and some hurdles and then come back to it. And, um, at one point we had a drill press in the garage and we were like, you know, pressing holes until lacrosse balls and trying to get like, you know, things to fit on the end of just wooden handles. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I have a bunch of pictures of some of the iterations uh, that this product has gone through. So it started off very complicated. And then, you know, Jeremy, the one you see on the website now is actually a scaled down version where we sort of figured out a way to make it less complicated, very simple, um, and durable so that, you know, we, we wanted something that lasted, you know, a long time. 
that's the process, right? Where you just finding yep. anything to put together and like, does this work? Is this the right dimensions? Right? Yes. Seriously. So you, men yeah. you mentioned funding um, and yeah. the difference between Jay and Toki and myself, um, we haven't had like, you know, searching for big investment. We sort of bootstrapped it and, and, and that aspect of it. So if you could touch upon searching for investors and that process and, you know, the whole, the whole, uh, the way the whole company would work with investors and equity. I think that would be really interesting. Oh, yes. It's actually very complicated too. I had no idea, you know, going into this, like I said, I'm just a PT. I just wanted a tool for my, my patients to be able to take home. But then you do, you think about all the behind the scenes and just even when we started down the patent road, it's so expensive, you know, to hire somebody to even listen to your idea, first of all, and then you have to go. I mean, I remember going into his office and filming, we had to film how it was used. We had to put together all the 3d CAD drawings, you know, it was, and that I funded all personally myself um, in the beginning. And then we had, um, you know, I, I kind of gathered a few people that were sort of helping me on the back end and helping me with the, you know, the, the patent process and with the designing like of, you know, what you were going to need to get it manufactured in large scale. So that mm -hmm. was a whole nother thing is getting prototypes together. I remember the very first prototype we built was a thousand dollars just for, right. to make one of them. Right. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. It's this big. <laughs> I know. A thousand dollars. And so the first round of funding, we just happened upon um, a gentleman, you know, who worked like, um, was a producer on like, you know, helped with the biggest loser. And so he was sort of, he lived in Austin. He trained at one of the gyms. Um, my PT clinic was combined with the gym and I owned both of those. And so I got to, you know, sort of see a bunch of people that would kind of come in and out of the, um, whether it be for therapy or, you know, just for training. And, and, you know, we approached him saying, you know, could, since you were a producer, you, and you know, interested in how can we get some of this on film? How can we get some education around using this tool? We knew it was going to be difficult for people to be like, just look at it and be like, oh, mm -hmm. I, it's intuitive. Yeah. Right. Um, and so anyway, he funded us first and it was just like $10,000, you know, which is not a lot, but seemed like a lot at the time mm -hmm. when you consider just one, one prototype was a thousand dollars plus the patent. I mean, you can imagine lawyers are anywhere from 300 to $600 an hour. Right. And, you know, they have to go through all the, the iterations and cover you and do all the searches and, and that kind of thing. So, so that was the first one we did it as a loan. And basically we had, you know, six to 12 months to pay it back. He allowed us to use his um, filming studio. And so we got to do some, you know, very basic videos of how to use the tool. And again, this was the original tool, not the one you see today. Um, and then we did a Kickstarter campaign. I don't know if you guys remember back when Kickstarter, before GoFundMe sort of got popular, Kickstarter was for entrepreneurs and people who had ideas. And so we launched a Kickstarter. And again, it was just another $10,000 for us to sort of help make, you know, maybe we were trying to get about a thousand units. And at this time we'd sort of perfected that. Um, but again, we were still bootstrapping everything. Everybody, everything was very like borrowing, you know, just my friends for the models and, you know, using our, you know, pseudo investor and his studio for filming and things like that. And we were just doing stuff at my gym, and 
once we launched the Kickstarter campaign, I mean, we all like anybody who was involved would reach out to their friends and they all came and we did this big like thing at my gym where everybody could come and use it and touch it and feel it and see what I was doing. And so they all donated and we got like 20 grand out of the Kickstarter. And so that allowed us to actually order our first, you know, true order mm-hmm. and set the manufacturing stage. And at this point, um, which I know, you know, you're very familiar with is we couldn't find the materials here in the U S you know, um, we had to manufacture out of China because they have most of the aluminum and the Mm -hmm. shaft is aluminum. And by the time we, we did, we went through iterations of all the kinds of metals we could use and plastics we could use. And I really wanted this to be environmentally friendly. So I wanted things that could be recycled and, or, you know, you're not, you don't throw them away. And so I wanted to stay away from plastic. And so that whole search as well required a little bit of money And so the Kickstarter fund basically sort of kind of got us, you know, launched a little bit where we could order some actual product and -hmm. sell it. And, um, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother story, but uh, it it was interesting to see. Now that's being said, then from that perspective, we got another round of funding, a couple couple hundred thousand dollars. And those were just from people that I knew and were just interested in like, oh my God, I love this thing. And they would use it and they were helping me sort of, I got them involved in the process. And that again, turned into be like a loan. Um, Like it's a, it's sort of a loan over time and it can vest into equity. And so that was um, an interesting perspective where instead of just, you know, going to an angel investor or going to a venture capitalist group, I didn't have to really do anything, you know, uber detailed. Um, it was more like they believed in me. They believe in the product. They wanted to help get this out to the world. They use it themselves. They had their whole family would, was using it. And again, this iteration was the very first um, iteration of the product. Once that happened, um, we sort of ran into all kinds of problems. I brought on some business partners, things like that. And um, that is where things get a little bit Uh, dicey, uh, um, as you will, if you're not working by yourself anymore, and now you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars and people are like, you know, there's a stress related to that. Now there's a pressure related to that now and getting out there, you know, like hitting the pavement. We were doing grassroots, just Austin and surrounding areas, a little bit of Dallas, a little bit of, um, Houston, mostly going to CrossFit gyms. And so, um, realized very quickly that that amount of money doesn't get you very far especially when, you know, bills are mounting and the patents, every time you have to put in for a new patent action, every time you have to, um, you know, tweak something, uh, the button, or you find that there's a problem with, you know, something at the manufacturer, oh my gosh, you know, and so there's so much time that lapses too. I mean, think about, we were having to ship something to China, right? That takes, mm-hmm. took forever to get there. Then they yeah. do something with it. Yeah. Then they have to ship it back. I mean, it would be four to six weeks before we would ever even get an answer to a single problem, whether it was with the button or the silicone or the whatever. The durometer was wrong or, you know, all of this little nuances that kind of go with that started to culminate, right? And now there's multiple things that we're like dealing with. Plus you're out there trying to hustle and sell, you know. Yeah. So um, so from that perspective, it was uh, very interesting, but nothing official at that time. And then 
the last round of funding happened um, kind of, I guess it must have been like early 2020. So if you think about when COVID, COVID is such a big piece of our story because we had done all of the legwork. We've got everything fine-tuned. We'd even um, been working with some people at the University of Texas at Austin. I'd been working with other gym owners, some other um, you know, companies that were sort of doing similar things, getting some feedback on the tool. And that's the feedback was that it's too complicated. There are too many parts, too many parts that could potentially break or get lost. And we were going to have to sort of field all of that from a consumer um, you know, services perspective. And so I wasn't really willing to do that. And so that's when we sort of from 2018 to 2020, we went back to the drawing board and tried to simplify um, the tool, which is what the iteration is now today that's on the website and and took away all of the moving parts because people were just like, yes, this is awesome. And yes, it can do like 40 different things, but it's so difficult to explain to people. And it's, um, it is, it is you, when you look at it, you don't realize that it does that many things, right. Until you actually get it and touch it and feel it. And so what we were finding is we were having trouble. If people just saw it, they didn't necessarily buy it. You had to go to the events, go to the shows, we were going to the big paleo FXs and the big CrossFit events and the fittest games and some of those big events where you could have people touch it and feel it and use it. And that was really what we saw was generating that. And so we had to go back to the drawing board. And again, of course, that costs money because now you have to do new prototypes and change some things and, you know, change where the buttons are. And, you know, it was a interesting process. So once we got to 2020 and had it fine tuned, if you will, um, I reached out to an, a friend of mine that is an investor. He's more in artificial intelligence, but I knew that he was sort of looking for an outside project. I knew he had, had done um, his own patent at one time. It was like a meat, um, some kind of meat um, tenderizer device, which is so funny because he was on like QVC back in the day. And so I was like, oh, I'll reach out to him and kind of ask him if he knew of somebody that I could get you know, in front of angel investors or VCs, venture capitalists to, um, to now, you know, go for a bigger chunk of money. And he decided that when I pitched it to him to pitch to other people, he decided that he wanted to invest. And that was our first big round of investment. It was $1.5 million um, that he put into this. And now that was iterations over, you know, we did it, you know, every three months and he earned equity into the company. So definitely you basically sort of sell your soul, if you will, you, you know, now I'm giving up large pieces of equity for the money. And with the money, you have to bring on staff. We brought on a COO, a CFO, a CMO, you know, I, I'm bringing in all of these people to sort of make this happen. And if you remember, I said the we got funded at in January of 2020. Now, nobody really knew that, you know, COVID was going to be what it was. Everybody thought, oh, this will just last a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. And by the time we actually got our funding and got the team together, COVID happened where, you know, the shutdowns all happened in March and April. So it was um, it was devastating, obviously, to that. So what we had to do is we just had to re we had to rethink what we were doing, right? We were going to all these big shows. None of those were happening. We were had a huge order into this massage 
um, you know, this chain, if you will, this massage chain who wanted blue and we'd ordered 10,000 units in blue. And again, so that's how that happened. Um, but all of a sudden now nobody's going into, you know, a place to get massage and nobody's going into the gyms and, you know, all of those events were canceled. So we were like, oh my God, we've got to figure out a way. So we kind of backtracked and went back to like, we wanted to create an app so people could go on there and, you know, find the videos for the how-to and the exercises and things like that. So, so we just sort of had to kind of back and, and we were trying to go DDC now instead of business to business. So many businesses weren't open anymore. They were, you know, everybody was on hold. People were losing their jobs. And so this was a really interesting time for us to sort of have to like renegotiate everything that we just pitched. And now we have this large chunk of money that's coming in with an investor who has a large amount of equity now in the company and everybody's panicking because of what is happening with COVID. And so um, we had to go now, then we're starting social media. We're trying to create a new website and a new design. And now we just spend all the time filming because we have to be somewhere where masks are, you know, everybody's wearing masks. And I mean, it was just crazy. It was just the, mm -hmm. the, the timing, I mean, it was just, ah, yeah, you get it. Everybody knows we all went through it, but it was just, um, just incredible to, to see like, you know, what happened over the course of that time. So that's kind of the synopsis of funding. <laughs> funding. Okay. <laughs> funding. Uh, funding. Yeah. Jeremy has a great question, but we're going to get to it a little bit later because I'm going to ask you another question in with all those rounds of funding. The other thing that is different from the previous podcast we've done is you have a you have had a license. Oh gosh, hold on, sorry. You have had a licensing deal. And we've, yes. you know, uh Jay and I have been approached about doing licensing deals and have made our decisions. But you actually went through the, the whole process. So what what was that like? And to see your product in a big box store and see it as a, as a completely different iteration and yeah. the feedback and the process and sort of, did you have that feeling of like letting your baby go a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yes. Um, this, this happened. We ended up doing a licensing deal with Dick's Sporting Goods. So huge chain, all over. I mean, it was a really big opportunity for us to get this concept out to the world. And so we did, you know, we went back and forth on, you know, are we willing to give that up? And and you're right, that was um, a big piece of our conversation. But the reason we got involved with Dick Sporting Good is we actually shared their manufacturing facility. And at this time, um, back in the day, they were trying to compete with Rogue and Fringe for the CrossFit community. So Dick Sporting Goods was trying to get into that um, kind of the CrossFit and adventure race, you know, Tough Mudder. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Spartan races, all of those like adventure kind of like the the rugged. They wanted to create a brand with inside, inside their company that sort of um, pushed products to those people. And they thought our tool would also be something that that would go along with that. Because again, at this time it had the six rollers. It was, you know, you could take it apart, you could put it together. But what they felt like was our price point was too high. I consider us, you know, like the Lexus, if you will. And they wanted to make sort of a Honda, something, you know, 
cheaper, but more reliable. They wanted to make it out of plastic, which was totally against our philosophy as a company. So we had to negotiate that. They also wanted to make it so that you couldn't modulate it the same way. Um, and then they made it much more, if you will, to me, aggressive. So they used a much heavier durometer. And all of those things we advised them against. We were like, you know, we've already done, I mean, we've spent so many years testing this product, researching this product, having it in the hands of thousands of athletes with all of this feedback and the things you want to do for it to get the price point down to be within. They wanted it under $80. And at this time, I mean, you could barely, you know, the manufacturing um, costs were much higher. So they wanted to make it plastic instead of the nice wood we were using, not anodized aluminum. They went to a, you know, so it was, yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh God, you're right, my baby. And they're completely, totally changing it. And we knew how important education was. And what they wanted to do is just make a little, it was just an eight by 11 piece of yeah. paper. It had some photos on it and they folded it up and stuck it in the box to sell it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, that's never going to work. And so, um, you know, I really loved, they did some great graphics with it. They did a great design on the box. They made it red and black and gray. So it was really, it matched their brand. Mm -hmm. So I would walk into Dick's Sporting Goods and see it on the shelf. And I would always go and check in that area um, on that new, you know, sort of the new concept they had around this, you know, CrossFit community and the, and the, uh, adventure racing community. But at that time also, because this was a new launch from Dick Sporting Goods, their entire launch, including our product and the other products, weren't doing well. They weren't being well received from that community. And um, and so anyway, they ended up uh, closing that brand down completely. And so our licensing deal basically just covered, you know, we would get paid so many cents on the dollar for each unit that they sold. But, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting uh, adventure. So they no longer have that anymore. Um, they don't have their brand or anything. So it was just my first gig. Okay. On to Jeremy's questions. Cause we have nine minutes left. What oh, would you have done differently? Oh man. Honestly, you know, when you look at things, you think, you know, everything got me to where I am today because of it. And I love where the company is now. I love what it stands for. I love the latest um, and greatest, uh, the actual, the unit that we have now, I think, you know, is not that we won't continue to better it. Of course we will, but just the team that I have now, and the space that it's in. And now that the world has opened up, we get to go back out and do all of the things we could have. But I would definitely say um, the most important thing to me is that people, if, you know, I don't feel like I could have done this by myself. You know, I know so many people do because you don't want to give up that autonomy. You don't want to give up your baby. You don't want, but also I think, you know, I didn't know everything. I didn't know how to do backend. I didn't know how to use even a computer or do social media. So I knew that I needed to surround myself with people and really surrounding yourself with the, the best possible fit. People that are capable, people that are aligned with you and your values. Because what I found is people might be great at, at one thing, but if you guys aren't in sync, you don't have the same vision, you don't have the same desires, you don't have the same, you know, I just wanted to help people. I was, I'm such a bleeding heart. I was so gullible. I got, 
you know, so many people sort of, I just assume everybody feels and thinks the way I do about this and about the product. There's passionate and they're, you know, they'll give up their nights and their weekends and their days. And that just, it just isn't the reality. And so really finding the right people, I would say, that's what I would do differently is that I just jumped into anybody who was interested instead of really vetting them and making sure that those things are aligned. And, you know, um, I think, you know, the adventure is part of it and meeting all of the great people that I've gotten to meet, you know, for in the last 13 years has, has truly been incredible, but I would, I would definitely take my time um, as I bring people on or partners or investors or, you know, all of those things. You just want to really make sure that you're aligned. What do you see going forward now? You've been through everything. <laughs> I, I feel like I have, I'm like, oh my gosh, it, uh, you know, um, I really see now that the world has opened up again, you know, um, there's so much buzz around this product. Now I probably get an email every day, like in the morning, I'm about to go and do, you know, there's a hundred to 150 runners. I'm going downtown to do a demo for all of them. I just got back from doing one at a, a yoga studio, a Pilates studio. It's branched out into things that I could never imagine, you know, to me, I, I designed and created this originally for my, you know, my professional football players and my CrossFitters. And now, you know, I'm at a yoga studio and, you know, a running group. And I just didn't realize all of, you know, the facets of sports and fitness and wellness and health that this could really contribute to. And so um, I'm excited. I'm excited that, you know, we're about to, to expand and blow up and, um, you know, now, Again, I've got everything sort of in line. I haven't started, um, you know, kind of pushing things forward yet. I don't, we don't have our social media back up. I don't have the app completely ready. I've just sort of, now that things are kind of starting, I'm taking my time. I'm getting the right people in place so that we can, you know, sort of move forward with um, getting this thing out to the world. Man, Awesome. And yeah. we got 10,000 blue units. So everybody go get yourself a blue unit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know that's the first thing. I have so many companies that are like, can you make it in blue, red and black? And I'm like, yes. Can you order 10,000 of them? <laughs> like, you know, no, but I think um, honestly, uh, moving forward, that will definitely be something that we'll be able to do. And in smaller quantities, I think back in that time, everyone was, you know, things were thriving. And now that manufacturing facilities are even looking for new products now. And yes. so they're, they're willing to negotiate a little bit on costs and limits and, and um, quantities and things like that. So I, uh, I definitely will be looking out uh, for that because we have several companies that are interested in having their own color design and color palettes. So um, that's definitely, that, that'll be what you see out there next, but for now, blue. Awesome. All right, Jeremy, I'll let you take over one final note. If you get a no, just keep on going because that's not the right answer for you. And when you have to backtrack, you backtrack and you just find the next way up the mountain and you'll you'll get there. And you do. Success, success doesn't go like this. It's like all over. And it really um, is. finding, it finding really ways is. to pivot is, is really, really important. So Jeremy, saw, off to you. So I did not expect the, the financial thing. So just real quick, we only have just a few minutes. The, the sure. timeline... Um, from the initial investment, the loan, and then at what point have you started making money? Well, it kind of depends. So when we started making money, I just ordered more. So now I'm back in the, you know, you have to put all of that money, most of it up front. 
And so now we're just now in, so now that I've ordered, so those first sets, you know, we do order 250 units, sell those. Then I ordered a thousand units, sold those, and then 2000 units. And now we're in the 10,000 unit bracket. So each time I would just take, we would take any revenue, just put it back in to bigger orders because the bigger your order, right? The more your, um, your profit is, and then that allows you to do a little bit more. And so we sort of had to wait. So now, now we're back in the, got to make all of that back up now. So it's, um, it has been a never ending, you know, um, the same is true for my PT practice. Anytime we really start to become profitable, I go buy a big machine or I go buy, you know, new equipment or I bonus everybody, you know, we really sort of, again, I wasn't in this to make millions of dollars, but I really, you know, you kind of play the game where you, as soon as you get enough, you sort of got to go to the next level. My hope is that eventually a company will come buy us out who has much bigger clout, a much bigger fan base and have this as a skew in related uh, in relation to them. And then I can just stay on as sort of an educational director and things like that. But especially with this product, that's a little bit difficult because there's so much education that goes behind it. Um, and obviously all the problems we went through and the, the heartaches and the pains to get to where we are. So hopefully now this unit, I think we've sold about 2000 of the 10,000 once we got them in. So now we're, once we um, sort of get those turned over, we'll be back in the, back in the game. All right. So if someone wants to reach out and get a hold of you, obviously, as yes. I said, mymobile.com is easy way. And then on the bottom, obviously it has the Facebook or and sure. there's one other thing, but if somebody wants to reach out to you, Christy, how are they going to do that? Yeah, they can go to cp at mymobo.com. Okay. Yep. And that's my direct uh, email. All right. Alicia, awesome. someone wants to reach out to you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Love-hate relationship with, with social media. I really enjoy actually being off of social media. It's been great for my just work-life balance. Uh, but Alicia, E-L-Y-S-I-A at cyboards.com or info at cyboards.com with a little dash. Or um, send me a direct text message. Phone calls are kind of difficult. I just, there's, you know, it takes a lot of time. So um, <laughs> I'm not saying don't reach out to me, but, <laughs> but reach, out, reach out to me. I mean, you know, you get so many um, influencers and things that just, just take up a lot of time that aren't directly in your focus, you know, so you get a lot of noise. Um, yeah, give me a call. All right, so one of my partners is MedBridge. So as a podcast listener, you know MedBridge if you use the code DSMB. I know during March they have like a special discount for National Athletic Training Month. So if you happen to listen to this during this March or next March, uh, then use the code DSMB um, and that'll help you get a discount on that. So this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash mobo for Jeremy, Christy, Alicia, and the Sports Medicine Broadcast. That is a wrap. Thank you. Yes. High five, everybody. We